This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Can you hear Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice within for another week. So, so many things going on in uh, December. All sorts of things happening astro- astrologically and um, in New Zealand as a whole. So here's Lee Harris. He's going to talk a bit more about um, what's happening in December. Hello, I'm Lee. I'm an intuitive and every month I take the pulse on some of the themes that will be showing up for us in the month to come. So let's take a look at some of the themes that are coming up for the month of December. In November, I mentioned how mid-November to mid-December, the energy was going to get very electrical, very charged in the world. And to add to that this month, one of the themes that came through very strongly was there is going to be a fire energy rising, an energy of fire in us as human people. I know that often these energetic diagnoses can sometimes play out in the physical too. So I think especially with some of the fires that we've been seeing on the planet in the last few years, wildfires and the like, we can start to think of that in a very destructive way or the emotional impact of those kinds of losses and people who experience those. But the truth is, fire is an incredibly alchemical and potent force. And the message that I was given about the fire energy that is going to start to show its face a bit more in December and continue in the coming months is a fire inside people. Some of you, of course, will already be feeling this. You'll have already been moving it through your own system, perhaps you're putting it into what you're doing in the world. But we're going to see a stronger fire energy in the hearts and the minds of people. We've lost a lot of critical thinking in the last couple of years, or the ability to stand back and take a very balanced view as to things that are going on. We've been encouraged to be in our emotional brain, our emotional reactions, to be in fear or to worry about things. And of course, that always disables our power. But enough things have been playing out now on the planet that enough people are beginning to look at and question and wonder about that the fire energy can start to come in in a bigger way. And we're already seeing it around the world. But the fire of life is a way of looking at this. So where groups of humans are concerned, It is going to be a fire that needs to come through people and out of people in order to protect life, protect each other, to make sure that we are allowed to live in the way that we were designed. So some of you will have the fire of that kind of, if you like, social activism. But 
The other way of looking at this, if that's something that you don't find yourself in, is the fire of who you're here to be as a soul, which of course is an ongoing question. All through our life, we're always going to be, to some degree, changing, uncovering who we are. But there is an urgency that's happening on the planet in a bigger way now. And so more and more people are feeling the fire come through them as to what they want to create in life. And initially, when that fire first appears, it can often be accompanied by a cleansing energy or if you like, a, a removal of all that isn't wanted so that you can actually rebuild once the fire has moved through you. So for example, you know, if you're going through a very painful or difficult divorce or breakup, it can feel like your identity is on fire. It can feel like the world is on fire. It can be incredibly impactful to you while you're going through it. But when you come out the other side, whether that takes months or years, you suddenly look back and you see that in the place of what got burned down in you, something else was able to rebuild. It's very interesting living in a place where wildfires are a part of our experience here in California. I firsthand witnessed the shifts that have happened in our community when we have gone through wildfires, but it's extraordinary to see nature's resilience and see how nature very quickly rebuilds, regrows, reinfuses life and, and in a very different way to what was there before. So the fire is a fire of alchemical force, change and rebirth that is going to be very strong. So you might be feeling this fire moving through you and if you're finding it overwhelming, you know, balance, ground, do some self-care practices because it can be a lot when it's moving through the body, particularly if you're having a kundalini awakening, which is when all of a sudden you feel very alive and very electrical, more electrical than ever before. So again, this electrical period that we're in between mid-November to around the middle of December to December the 20th, I hear, is when it begins to change that fire energy will rise and we will see it in the wider world collectively and we may be feeling it individually and it will spur us to rebirth or change or bring something new into our life. Interestingly, that leads me to my next uh, theme for the month, which is an interesting one. What I was given was that don't be surprised if during December you start to see a series of breaks uh, cutting of ties or sharp turns in your life, in your relationships, or in your plans. So whenever I think of tie cutting, I think of, are we cutting ties with a person in our life or a part of ourselves or a piece of our history that we're in a place where we can let go of it, we can heal it. Perhaps we've done a lot of work to get to this place. And then this final tie cutting can happen that frees up the life force that was previously trapped underneath a wound or a past event that we couldn't get free of before. It wasn't time. We didn't have the support or the circumstances in our life to be able to do it. So tie cutting and breaks can, can have a very positive effect as well as the perceived negative that we have. You know, we tend to be very in fear of heartbreak or relationship breaks or friendship breaks. I did a channel a few months ago uh, called Boundaries and Connection. And the Z's, my guides, were explaining how 
anybody that we have in our life that we love or that we feel connected to, if they are no longer there because we lose them or they move on or something happens in our connection where we're no longer as in sync or we're not supposed to go through these next few chapters together, someone else or something new will come in to replace that lost connection. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't grieve. We can grieve for people we've lost. We can remember them and recognize we have become them in some ways. You know, your very funny friend who is no longer in your life, they influenced you around humor. And that will now become an energy that you can bring a bit more of, maybe never in the way that they were able to. But they really showed you the value of humor and they were a great custodian of humor. So grief has a purpose too. It's not necessarily just about loss. I think it's also about acknowledging and celebrating aspects that a person brought into our life. So this theme of breaks, tie cutting or sharp turns in your life doesn't necessarily have to be a negative force. And in that way, it links into the fire energy. There's a very strong energy moving through people now that's, that's growing. And it doesn't mean everybody's going to feel it. It doesn't mean it's going to look the same for everybody. But for those of you who are tuned and tapped into these kinds of energetics, you will both see it and you will recognize it. So don't be too surprised if there are some sharp turns or twists or cut ties in your life, particularly in the month of December, beginning to show up in a different way. And the message is always, you never know what it's making space for. You never know what it's allowing to come in. And the moment we can often feel a tragic reaction to it or a sad reaction to it, and that's valid. But don't just assume that what you're feeling in the moment about it is also the future. We often have to have things clear out the way in order for the next level to come in for us. And sometimes we are the people that are cleared out of the way of someone else's life or they clear us out. And we might be surprised, but if we trust it, and we trust that there really is no thing as disconnection. We may experience connection with someone who is in the room with us in a very visceral way. But if we're no longer with them, weeks later, you can still feel that person in your body in the same way that when our loved ones have passed on, passed over, they're very in our awareness, often in an even more powerful or potent way than they perhaps were when we were present in the room with them. So this boundaries and connection theme that was very prevalent a few weeks back comes to mind when we look at this breaks, tie cutting and sharp turns. The next two themes are also interconnected. So we are going to see more people having a deep remembering of their ancient power. Now, how this is going to look individually is going to be open to your interpretation and your experience. But this was very strong. Uh, the guide said, a deep remembering of your ancient power. And we can see this in social, cultural, and political events that are playing out right now. Because if you look at some of the stuff that's happening uh, on the political spectrum, and not just political, but governmental, a lot of it has roots in history. A lot of it has very deep roots in history, or is echoing or mimicking things that have played out on the planet before. And the question is, are we going to go that way again? Or are we going to rise above and go beyond and above this time? And that, in a way, is the battle that's taking place energetically right now. But a deep remembering of our ancient power is part of the shift in consciousness that is required. 
So you remembering and all of us remembering that we are far bigger than this one being that we are in this human incarnation. We're connected to all of it and we're connected to our ancestry lines and there is a deep remembering of the ancient power coming online on the planet, not just now, but in the coming years too. So the very sensitive among you or those of you that are a bit more prone to time awareness, time travel, timelines, you're going to be feeling this. And I get the sense that many of you who, whose role this is on the planet, you'll be really deepening with your work about being a keeper of the land, a keeper of the energy that's deep in the land, a keeper of the energy that is here to help infuse a new consciousness on earth and take us forward rather than drag us backwards. So coupled with that is the other theme, which is the land energy will rise. The land energy will rise. Now, whenever I get a theme like that, you know, I'm always like, oh, I hope that doesn't mean we've got too many disruptive things to do with the land. And of course, I never fully know. I just receive the message and we'll see how things play out. But one thing that they gave me when I had that fear-based thought or concern, uh, they said, no, no, the, the, the earth energy, the earth frequencies, that which has been buried deep in the earth for a very long time, the power, the crystalline energy is, again, coming online and infusing people. So it's all connected, this fire energy that's moving through people, the energy of the land rising, a deep remembering of our ancient power. Now, of course, not everybody's going to see it that way, perceive it that way, or experience it that way. But for those of you who tune into work like mine, you're already tracking energetics. And many of you I know are working in and with energetics with other people, either as, your, as a job or just in the way that you show up in the world. So bear in mind that the land energy is rising right now. So if you're feeling a need for an infusion of power, particularly if you're looking at a lot of the very low vibration power dynamics and power games that are playing out on the surface right now on the planet, go to the land. And if you can't get to the land, just be with the land through the window or whatever you can do. But the best thing you could do is sit yourself down on the power of the land and let yourself feel the power of the land, particularly if you're feeling disempowered at the moment or you're feeling disempowered by what you're seeing going on out there. It's tough to see some of the stuff that we're seeing or to feel it, but it's really important that we don't just sit there, that we don't stay in that place. It's really important that we do the work we need to do at this point to transmute, to move things through our system, to stay aware and to stay alert, but to reclaim our inner bodies again and our life force again, because there are many, many temptations to pull us out of that right now. So it's important to stay alive with your own life force and the land and nature always help us with that because they hold the power of source energy and of connection that we aren't often celebrating, honoring or being present with in our very human lives and the human stories that we're all living in and bombarded by. Shedding the childhood self and childhood fears. Interesting, this came up as a theme for this month. And again, I, I can always find pieces of these themes in any given month, I guess. But what they were suggesting 
shedding the childhood self and childhood fears again goes in tandem with this power rise that we're experiencing. And in the November energy update, the very first theme they gave me was, will, will we rise? Will you rise? Will I rise? Will we allow ourselves to rise as people, as individuals, as a people, as a world? And so shedding the childhood self and childhood fears might be in your orbit right now. You might be having more memories from before. You might be dreaming about childhood things. You may be noticing and becoming more aware of your triggers. You know, you're, oh God, that really triggered me. Okay, well, if I just stay in the trigger, I'm either going to get into a fight or feel like a victim or I'm going to point the finger at someone. But if I really sit with it, where did that come from? Oh my God, that reminds me. If I really keep digging digging into that and asking myself some questions, where did this come from? When, when did I first feel this feeling? Then we start to go back through some of the childhood self or childhood fears that we're holding on to. And we don't have to see this as negative. You know, when we came in as kids, we came in as these divine sparks of soul that then were slowly socialized into being a human being. And, you know, the child in us held so much of our blueprint for life. And I, uh, there was a, a psychotherapist or a psychologist that I knew many years ago um, who had a book called It's Never Too Late to Have a Happy Childhood. And I believe that was Chuck, Chuck Spezzano, I think. If I've got the name wrong, then please uh, cor correct me with whoever deserves the credit for that. But it's never too late to have a happy childhood. I certainly first heard it through him. And I know many of you have had very tough or very wounded childhood events that perhaps right now have got you by the throat. And remember, trauma surfaces when we're ready. So sometimes when we have all this trauma surfacing in us, the mind wants to go, oh my God, what's going wrong? But if you take a wider view, actually it's more, oh great, things are now beginning to go right because all of this that was wounded, that was compressed in me is surfacing. So now the question for you becomes, what support will you put in place to help you with this? And I think there are more tools out there than ever before. Certainly when I was younger, we now have all of this information, much of it for free on the internet, which is incredible. People are more emotionally aware and more comfortable with emotional communication in general than we were 20, 30 years ago. So if you are surfacing trauma right now, this is a great opportunity for you to heal it. I spoke in November about body healing coming in as a theme. And of course, our bodies get blocked by our trauma. And when we liberate our trauma, our bodies get to bring so many new things through. We get our life force back. So shedding the childhood self and childhood fears is going to be amplified somewhat, not just in December, but also in January. There's a very supportive energy around that for this next couple of months. So this is a great time to really allow yourself to let some of that move out so that you can let some of the spark of you as a child and some of that joy that you came in with, wired with, start to come back and be very patient with yourself. If you're, I always say, if you're feeling like you're down a hole, then it's a real achievement that you even start to step towards getting out of the hole. And that has to be patted on the back, celebrated, because when, it, when it's tough, it's tough. And you're not going to suddenly do a 360 out of a tough place. 
But if you can be aware that you're in a tough place and put in place the support you need, the community you need, the help you need, the books you need, perhaps a counsellor or somebody that you can have in your world that can help you move through these things, you're going to come through it because there's a huge energy of transformation around that theme in particular. The gifts of magic and magic of the heart. Despite all the stuff going on in the world, there is a rising heart energy and part of it is coming because of all the stuff going on in the world. People are beginning to, in general, value and be more with and in their heart than perhaps they were able to be a couple of years ago. And of course, we're all different, we're all at different stages, but in general, they're saying that's a theme that's showing up and people want to connect heart to heart more than ever before and want to be feeling more in their heart. And for me, being in your heart is just feeling connected. Doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a mushy hallmark card, it might be, but it's not necessarily, it's just feeling connected. It doesn't have to be overly demonstrative. It can just be a feeling that you feel in the center of your chest of connection and warmth and connection to a person, a place, a thing, an activity, yourself, the meditation that you're doing. So the magic of the heart is strong if you want to give it some attention. And the gifts of magic is the other aspect of that theme this month. The gifts of magic and magic of the heart. Don't be surprised if some heart-based actions, gifts or surprises come your way. Because there is going to be a whole group of people on the planet who are swept up by a generosity of spirit when it comes to the heart in the next, not just month, but coming months. But you'll start to see this pervade a little more in December. And it's a contagious energy, that generosity of spirit. So much as we say pay it forward, if someone gives something to you, it fills you up in a way that you can then give to someone else. It can become a, a relay race. So look out for the gifts of magic and magic of the heart to show up in your life. And perhaps you're listening to this feeling like, oh my God, Lee, I really need some of that. Well, great. Hold an intention. Go, I am open to some gifts of magic and some magic of the heart this month. My guides have said to me for 23 years, the thing that we forget is that you can call on us. You can call on universal help. You can call on angelic help. We have all been trained out of connecting to spirit. And we're now having to train ourselves back to go, oh yeah, spirit is here. It's as real. It, we may not be able to see it with our eyes, although some people do, but it's as real as anything else in the world. And actually, if we lived with a more inclusive spirit, we would all be seeing not only a healthier world, but we ourselves would be feeling more connected to ourselves, to each other. And that's the journey that we're on long term as a world right now. So, you might be one of the gifters. You might be listening to this going, yeah, I'm actually full of magic and heart. I'm going to spread this around. It will be contagious. So if that's your dharma this month, beautiful. And lastly, and this kind of covers everything I just said in the last few themes, heart and presence awareness are deepening. Heart and presence awareness are deepening. How might this look for us? Well, for you, it might just look like you're able to feel more present with life, with the preciousness of life than you ever have before. 
it might be that you notice you're a bit better at intimacy with other people than you used to be. You're not quite so bothered if someone really gives you loving eye contact. You don't look away or, you know, the way that many of us have been trained to be. But heart and presence awareness are deepening, which means we have an opportunity to become more galvanized and rooted in the idea that heart and presence can be a part of our every single day and be something that we're available for and available to either to bring to someone else, I'm going to bring a level of heart or presence to this friend of mine who I know is having a rough time, or to receive from someone else. So look out for that in December, heart and presence awareness. Thank you for tuning in to the December energy update.
That's Enlightenment from Gary Sweems. Patricia Code of Robles has also got uh, another epistle this week and it's taking advantage of the total solar eclipse of the December 3rd. Hi, Precious Heart. Thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. The Company of Heaven has shared that we are in the midst of an incredibly powerful 40-day period that began on November 11th and will be brought to fruition during the solstice on December 20th and 21st. This unique span of time is providing us with the opportunity to not only accelerate the essential process of dismantling the obsolete paradigms that have manipulated, controlled, and suppressed the masses of humanity for eons of time, but also to increase the light of God on earth in ways that will ease the trauma and the shock of this important part of Earth's ascension process. The beings of light said that the events unfolding at both inner and outer levels at this time are paving the way for monumental shifts that will occur after the birth of the new year, 2022. These shifts will affect every part of life, belonging to or serving Mother Earth at this time. The Company of Heaven is reminding us of what they have been saying for decades. Pay attention, because cosmic moments come and cosmic moments go. What they mean by that is that throughout the universe there are myriad events that greatly amplify the frequencies of divine light that are available for humanity's individual and collective evolutionary process. These incredible opportunities present themselves on a regular basis through various celestial events, including lunar cycles, sun cycles, eclipses, solstices, equinoxes, and planetary alignments. They also occur when we experience galactic solar waves, plasma solar storms, solar winds, photonic light streams, solar radiation, magnetic fields, sonic impulses, and various other cosmic events. Even though these events present the opportunity for tremendous influxes of divine light on Earth, if you and I and the rest of awakening humanity do not deliberately volunteer to be the open door for this light on behalf of ourselves, humanity, and the rest of life on Mother Earth, that divine light will pass us by and it will not be tangibly available in the physical world of form on this planet. The Company of Heaven is revealing that throughout 2021, the Earth and humanity have received unprecedented assistance from the solar logos in our multidimensional solar system. Now, during the total new moon solar eclipse we will be blessed with on December 3rd, the assistance from our solar logos will be exponentially intensified. For this reason, 
the company of heaven wants to remind us what they shared earlier this year in reference to our self-care. They said there will be many shifts during 2021 that will move us into uncharted waters as far as the acceleration of vibration in our earthly bodies is concerned. They guided us to take as much time as possible every day to breathe our elevated holy breath consciously and to just be. They said as we assimilate the divine alchemy taking place within our earthly bodies, it will help immensely if we focus on our self-care. We all know what we need to do to nurture and love ourselves and our earthly bodies. But we often don't allow, or allow rather, outer world distractions to prevent us from taking the time to do so. The beings of light told us that the success of the unfolding divine plan for 2021 will depend on you and me and the rest of awakening humanity responding positively to the inner intuitive guidance we are receiving from our I Am Presence about our personal self-care. We are all familiar with what the inner guidance has been in the past. However, we have often ignored it. Now it is time for us to pay attention. The things our I Am Presence is guiding us to do in order to take care of ourselves at this time are not frivolous. They are imperative. Due to the shifts that have now occurred within our earthly bodies, that inner guidance might be very different than anything we have previously been guided to do in the way of self-care. Every person's self-care will be unique, depending on his or her needs. However, there are several areas that we all have in common. And if we are listening, we will hear clear inner guidance from our I Am Presence as to ways we can improve these areas. Here are some of the questions the Company of Heaven said we might want to ask our I Am Presence as we contemplate what self-care is best for us individually during this auspicious time. For instance, is the food I am consuming nourishing my body in the most positive way? Are the beverages I am drinking enhancing the health of my body? Am I ingesting toxic substances such as recreational drugs or alcohol or cigarettes in ways that adversely affect my mind and body? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I spending time in nature Am I taking time to listen to beautiful music? Am I spending quality time with my loved ones? Am I laughing, playing, 
and loving for a period of time every day. Am I meditating and spending time with God, the source of all that is, every day? And am I breathing my newly elevated holy breath consciously throughout the day? These are just a few of the questions you might want to ask your I Am Presence, but be open to all of the other guidance you might intuitively receive regarding your personal self-care. We are being called to be the open door for the expansion of light that will bless humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth during the December 3rd total new moon solar eclipse. So listen to your heart, and you will know exactly how you can most effectively do just that. God bless you. Have a blessed solar eclipse. I look forward to being with you next week.
Deva Primal and uh, Om Bram Ramaya. That's from the meditation music of Deva Primal. Now, Pam Gregory has also got some more information for us. Um, there's a solar, no, I'm sorry, there's a full moon coming up on the 18th and 19th of December. So she's going to tell us all about that. Hi everyone, Pam Gregory, Astrologer. I'm going to be speaking to you today about the second half of December and the full moon that we have coming up in Gemini on the 18th or 19th, depending on where in the world you live. Now let's talk about the astrology because there's a lot to talk about here. So much. It's like a crescendo of energy through this second half. The astrology is, is dense, complex, huge, actually, um, in so many ways. One of the big themes through December is that Venus is coming to conjunct Pluto. In fact, if I backtrack a little, Venus does this three times because it stays in um, Capricorn an unusually long time because of her retrograde motion, stays there till early March. So there are three points at which Venus becomes exact in conjunction to Pluto. The 11th of December, the 25th, Christmas Day, and the 3rd of March, and she moves retrograde on the 19th. So what are the themes around this? Well, I mentioned some of this last time, but particularly in Capricorn, this is around big banking, big organizations, governments, top-down um, structures um, that have power over us, Capricorn. It could be uh, certainly finances and economics, stock markets, that kind of thing. Although we may really see that going into January and February because that's getting so close to the US Pluto return as well. So it's around those themes very strongly, both personal and um, global. Another theme is the radical shift in value. Oh, just before I say that, actually, just to say also, when Venus moves retrograde on the 19th, astrologer Ray Merriman has noticed that that's very associated with changes in central bank policies. So again, you know, this is all around some brewing turbulence in the economy and the stock markets. Another big theme is a radical review of values, particularly after the 19th, um, when Venus is retrograde. If you think back to two years ago, what your values were then, and how they probably have changed enormously in the last two years, got much simpler, got much more down to basics, that is going to continue. And of course, that whole theme really until 2026 is very much about Uranus moving through Taurus. Taurus values and Uranus is a radical shift. So that's another main theme of this. Another theme is that because Venus is retrograde, it can mean sometimes that old flames, old lovers come back into our world. And again, it's very good to evaluate. Have you grown at the same pace? Do you still have the same values as you might have had a few years ago? Because that's going to be absolutely fundamental in terms of how that relationship works. Hard aspects between Venus and Pluto can, can bring about kind of obsessive emotion, almost wasted emotion, over-the-top emotion. So it could well be that you actually meet someone who is on the same wavelength as you, and that becomes a kind of crazy, karmic, obsessive relationship too. 
The final um, aspect of this that I'd like to highlight is that Venus in general is around our pleasure, our comfort, you know, good food, lovely comfy sofas, warmth, cuddling down. It's around pleasure and comfort. However, when it moves retrograde, sometimes those things are harder for us to find, harder to find comfort and pleasure. Um, and particularly because the second exact conjunction is happening here between Venus and Pluto on the 25th. And we've also got that very important square between Saturn and Uranus on the 24th. That's exact. I'll talk about that in a moment. I can just see some changes happening as we move towards Christmas. More of that in a moment. Also, what I'd like to remind you of here is that Pluto kind of, you know, grinding through those last few degrees in Capricorn very much has the theme of shifting from our reference point being external authority to our reference point being internal authority. All through our lives, we've always um, referred to um, leaders and um, politicians and teachers, etc. They have been the people who dictate authority in our world but increasingly what we're being encouraged to do and this is through our mastery is to find our inner authority our, our inner anchor our inner center and I've talked of lots of ways to do that through meditation and breath work and being in nature just bring have a have a kind of instant default way of bringing yourself back to center so this is where you operate from not out there You'll get much more scattered if your energy is referring out there. And even you know, if you have wobbly thoughts, go to instant mantras um, that work for you. In that wonderful Haponopono forgiveness um, poem or Blossom Good Child's I'm the light, I'm the love, I'm the truth, I am. Just keep rolling that around your head because it's coded and it brings you back to self. Also, just to remind you that Mars moves into Sagittarius on the 13th. Now, this generally brings us a lot more hope and optimism here. Be aware through December as well with this strong Sagittarius energy that there's often a lot of very strong opinionation and judgment at this time. Um, belief systems are highlighted. And I mentioned this at the total solar eclipse. That's going to be operational, that energy for another six months. But, but strong judgment might be coming in. It's going to be very interesting as we get into the full moon in Gemini. I'll talk about in a second how that's going to work. OK, so Mars moves into Sagittarius on the 13th, which I think will be very positive. However, just to say on the 15th, it comes to exactly conjunct the south node. Now, it does this every couple of years. Mars roughly has a two-year orbit. and We don't see kind of huge, drastic events happening every two years. But just to say that historically it has had correlations with things like, for instance, we had this at 9-11. We had Mars conjunct the South Node. South Node being our, our collective past, you know, accumulated karma or deeds. And Mars is very assertive energy. And the next day, the 16th, Mars is opposing the moon. So angry people, potentially. So to try and diffuse that very strong assertive energy through the 15th and the 16th, you know, stay peaceful, be in nature, do breath work, bring it down. The collective energy affects the astrology. It, they interact. We're co-creating all the time. Now, I'd like to talk about the full moon in Gemini. So um, let me see. 
So we have the full moon on the 18th of December. This happens at 8.34 p.m. Pacific and um, 4.34 a.m. UK time on the 19th. And I've cast this chart as always for UK because this is where I live. So if you're not on UK time, please just ignore the clock face of the chart and the houses and the angles. We're only going to be referring to the planets in their signs and the aspects they make between them. So full moons always bring things to a head. They bring things into the light. They bring things to culmination. <clears throat> so see where this falls in your chart because it's at 2728 of Gemini. And so what are those feelings likely to be about at this full moon? Well, they're very likely to be around facts and information because that's what Gemini is about. And what kind of facts and information? Well, if we look to Mercury, Mercury is the ruler of Gemini. It is in an exact square to Chiron. They're both at eight degrees, Mercury 833, Chiron 826. So about seven minutes away from exactitude. So it's very, very strong. All the stronger because you'll notice that, that Chiron is stationary direct. Chiron is stationary direct that day. So that's really amplifying what this is about. So this is about facts and information around sickness, around health, around healing, healing protocols, perhaps. They are going to be very highlighted at this time. The sign of Gemini is also the sign of choices. So this may be highlighting the choices that we have made around sickness, health, healing protocols. I think those, those are very much going to be thrown into high relief at this time. The other thing that's incredibly powerful at this full moon, I mentioned at the total solar eclipse, and you can go back and watch that video, um, that it was conjunct, tightly conjunct, the great attractor, incredibly powerful kind of cosmic vacuum cleaner. This full moon in Gemini is actually, it's, it's the sun. Full moons happen when the sun and moon are exactly opposite each other. And the sun at 27 of Sagittarius is exactly by degree conjunct the, the galactic center. So a, another very powerful point in our cosmos. So this suggests that December is an incredibly important time for our Earth. Now, when we have alignments like this, planetary alignments, to the galactic center, we are more easily able to tap in to what the galactic center is about. Well, what it does is bring energy from further galaxies to enable us to access it. So we're at this time around the full moon, we can more easily access galactic information, higher consciousness information. This is super expensive because this is helping us step out from our very contracted 3D selves where we've been kind of locked down for much of the last two years into something massively expansive, into our galactic citizenry, into becoming multidimensional selves, stepping way beyond that 3D contraction. So it's very exciting. It's all very, also very initiatory energy because the galactic center kind of spews out a huge amount of cosmic energy with which we make our world from that invisible cosmic energy, we create our world. 
So with all the, you know, the, the total solar eclipse was sucking away massive galactic vacuum cleaner of the great attractor, all the dirt and muck and secrets and under the carpets that hasn't been cleared for a long time. And there's a real sense of us stepping into much clearer, brighter, kind of, mm, kind of diamond sparkling crystalline light at this time, because something has to replace the vacuum. So that is beautiful. You know, this constant tipping point that we're at between the old and the new. And I talked last time about in the next few months, we're just going over the pivot of the seesaw. And I feel that so, so strongly. You know, we're right on the precipice in these few months. We also, you will notice, um, have Neptune in very wide T-square to um, the sun and moon here. And it's wide, but this is really helping us to see things from a higher point of view, a more spiritual point of view, seeing them from, you know, your eagle's perch, as it were. Um, and this can also reveal secrets. The full moon shines a light on secrets, and Neptune is also very connected to secrets. So what are those secrets going to be about? Well, they could be, you know, around what I've just talked about, health and healing, etc. But they are also probably very much linked to this conjunction between Venus and Pluto. Pluto always connected to secrets in its rulership of Scorpio. So this could bring up secrets again of the rich and powerful. It's interesting, Venus is involved. Venus is stationary, retrograde here. So that's very amplified at this time. So it could be sexual secrets, financial secrets of the rich and powerful. It's very interesting to me at this time that the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is going on. It started, I think, 29th of November. I believe it runs for seven, uh, six weeks. So we will see what comes out from that that could possibly accelerate the collapse of the old order. And it's really interesting. Because what I'd also like to remind you of as well is Eris here uh, at 23 of Aries is still very tightly square actually both Venus and Pluto. And this has been running for the last two years. And I've talked about Eris a great deal as being um, the goddess of uh, chaos and discord. She fights against inequality and exclusion. And I just very much like to quote astrologer researcher Alan Clay, because he's added in another aspect to Eris, which I think is spot on. I, it really resonated with me that she is the truth teller. And that and I'm quoting his words here, that how we have to stop being fooled or stop fooling ourselves. That's one of the missions of Eris, which, of course, is what often leads her to become the feisty street fighter to take to the streets. Very, very interesting. We also, um, she's not marked here, but Ceres, the uh, goddess of grains, agriculture, food in general, actually, is conjunct the North Node in Gemini. She's at 0, 022 minutes um, of Gemini, a very you know, tight conjunction here. So in general, this brings up the North Node is our future collective destiny. This does bring up issues again around food supplies, that kind of thing. And 
just as I've said for the last year, really have some long dated food in your house that you love to eat anyway. I know people in British Columbia were really delighted that they had stocked up with food because that massive land split with the roads being cut off probably for months before they're fully repaired means they can't easily um, get their normal food deliveries that they would do. So they are very grateful to have stocked up. So no panic, just have some food in your house. And then if there are disruptions, that uh, won't be a big deal. And, and, and those I think will continue through next year for sure. Uranus in Taurus has the same message. Taurus food, Uranus has this, this erratic energy. It's not steady. Very positively at this full moon, we have Jupiter, 28 of Aquarius, in a very tight trine to the moon. Beautiful, really beautiful, because Jupiter rules Sagittarius, so it's very connected anyway to the galactic centre. And Jupiter is also actually sextile the sun. So it brings this feeling of expansion and freedom and higher horizons, you know, really looking out to the cosmos as the galactic centre encourages us to do, to step into further galaxies. And just to remind you also, I know some of you have seen um, the interview that I did with Zach, Zachariah, who is channeled through Janet Trelour. He is an aspect of the Ascended Master Dwell Cool. And when I was interviewing Zach recently, I'll put the link below in case you haven't seen it, but I was, I'm well aware that there's surges of, of evolutionary energy around all the equinoxes and the solstices. So I was asking Zach for this um, Capricorn solstice, are we going to get this big surge of energy, which I'm anticipating, evolutionary energy? And his answer was yes, and it isn't just around the solstice, it actually spans from the 15th of December until the 11th of January, from the 15th of December till the 11th of January. Very long time, almost four weeks of this, you know, we're, we're surfing the waves here of evolutionary energy. We're being taken higher and higher through our evolution, very fast. And that is why people have got so many, experiencing so many physical symptoms or headaches, sleeplessness, tinnitus, um, aches and pains, all kinds of symptoms, you know, being wired, jazzed up, because our bodies, our little energetic individual systems are having to adapt so fast to an energy they've never experienced in, in our lifetimes because it's coming in so quickly, this ascension energy. So Jupiter important at this full moon, um, I'm going to stop sharing the screen here. And I also just want to touch on the Capricorn solstice because that happens on the 21st of December. It happens if we look at, say, Washington, D.C., it's happening at 11.02 in the morning. And these kind of strike a tuning fork for the next three months. So here... If we look at Washington, this only works for that geography, but we have the ascendant at three degrees of Pisces. Now, that's really beautiful because it's conjunct the, one of the fixed royal stars of Persia called Fomalhaut. And Fomalhaut is the spiritual teacher. Beautiful. Jupiter at 28 of Aquarius is also conjunct that ascendant. 
wonderful, again, this feeling of opening up to our future. Because Jupiter was also a sky god like Uranus. There's an opening up to the cosmos. It rules Sagittarius. It's reaching out. It's long, you know, far distant travel to somewhere we haven't been before. And Jupiter is very um, strongly aspected at this solstice. Not only is it conjunct the ascendant, it's semi-square to Mercury. It's square to the nodal axis. So again, this surge of futuristic energy coming into where we're going, particularly over the next three months. It's quintile Uranus, which is about the expansion of our consciousness. And also reinforcing that, we have Mercury trying to Uranus, downloads, insights, um, you know, rushing energy of, of things that we haven't perceived before, connected to the mind of God, connected to our, our superconscious. It's a very, very creative solstice. So that is really wonderful uh, around that time, knowing that's going to last for another three months as our backdrop to everything else that's happening. And there's a lot happening because if we come back to Christmas that many of us celebrate on the 24th of December, we have this third and final square between Saturn and Uranus. I want to say that continues for a lot of next year. We have that continuing through the early months of 22, and it's exact to the, to the degree, although not to the minute, next October. So the square is very strong around October and November as well. So the themes that I've talked about at great length are going to continue next year, but I think with a difference. Just to remind you of those themes, they are the old versus the new, the past versus the future, control versus freedom, rules and regulations versus individuality, autonomy, um, the maverick, etc. Those are the big themes. So with this third and final square to the minute happening on the 24th, that really says to me that governments will try, uh, attempt to have greater control of their population, bring in more rules and regulations around that time. And that's echoed really by what I was saying about that second exact Venus-Pluto conjunction on Christmas Day, because Venus is retrograde, it's hard to find our comfort and our pleasures as fully as we might. So it's a sense of kind of hard times or austerity in some way at that time. Moving on to the 27th of the month, we have Mars coming to conjunct a fixed star called Antares. Now, Antares doesn't have a great reputation. It is very linked to war and violence. And then on the 28th of December, we have a series of triggerings, um, irritable triggerings by the Moon, Mercury and Mars to that long running Eris Pluto square. So it's no kind of feisty, irritable, assertive, angry kind of energy through those days, 20, 27, 28. And then I want to point out that on the 30th and 31st, Mars again comes to conjunct the degree of the total solar eclipse on the 4th of December at 12 degrees of Sagittarius. And whenever Mars reactivates that previous eclipse degree, there's some kind of assertion or repeat of the themes of the solar eclipse that I talked about in the last video. 
can be quite assertive. So again, stay peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. Breathing, always be peaceful. What may help us is that Jupiter on the 29th of December, very different energy, is moving into Pisces, where it's going to stay until the 11th of May next year. Now, this is much more around hope, optimism. There's a spiritual impetus to this big time, which I think is going to help us enormously through the early months of next year. It may, because I've talked about Pisces in the past, having no boundaries. It's water with no boundaries. And Jupiter in Pisces is big water. So it can link to flooding. It can also link to a lot of emotion, a lot of tears. So be aware of that at this time. And any issue around water could, could come up then. But it may be we're just feeling a lot of emotion at this time. And kind of looking just a tiny way down the track into 2022, which obviously I'll be talking a great deal more about. I said that the Saturn-Uranus square is going to continue through next year, but with a, with, a, with a difference, because I think Saturn has been, has had the upper hand in that square this year, getting into next year, particularly as Uranus moves um, direct on the 18th of January, we are going to see more rebellious energy coming up more energy of no, we are not going to comply to the rules. That's my sense. Uranus is the plant of awakening. And I really want to call next year, the year of revelations and revolutions, the year of revelations and revolutions, because there's going to be a lot coming to light, a lot of secrets, just absolutely fire hosing them up, fire hosing out to the majority. They're fire hosing out right now on alternative channels, but not obviously, to mainstream media, but I think it's going to be unstoppable. And when that happens, I think we're going to see much more rebellious energy. Next year, I'll again, talk about this in much more detail, but, but next year, I think will be much more unstable energy. I think it will be a much more eventful year. But the energy, because of the turbulence of things becoming unraveled, will be, um, you'll need to find the anchor within yourself. So start now. Start that practice now so it becomes just default, just um, just absolutely second nature to you. The other thing I like to just point out with Uranus being so strong next year, Uranus is the planet of surprises. It's the planet of the unexpected. So it's linked to um, electromagnetic energy, coronal mass ejections, um, solar storms. It could be polar shifts. It could be all and any of those things. And the thing with Uranus is astrologers can find it very hard. In fact, I don't think you can accurately predict it's going to be next Tuesday or next month because the nature of Uranus is always to surprise. But there is a potential for a flip. It's almost like flipping the whole game. There's a flip in something that may happen energetically, environmentally. I can't really define that yet, but it's going to be a flip where the whole picture changes, the whole game changes that we're dealing with. And that actually could really speed things up and be hugely beneficial for where we're headed, getting further up the beach. So I know this was packed, packed with astrological information. Do think of it as, as going over the pivot point of the seesaw in these coming weeks and months. It won't necessarily be comfortable, but just keep your eye on the future. Don't look back. Don't 
give life support to the past. So done deal. And that's why the energy is starting to become so turbulent as it unravels. Keep your eye on creating something really beautiful. And what I'd like to do in the next day or so is put out um, another video, which is just my thoughts, really, a little more philosophical, perhaps, and stepping back to the eagle's perch and taking a, a big picture look um, that I didn't have time to do in this video. It would have been just overloaded. So I hope that's been helpful for you. If you'd like more information on my books, my videos, um, my newsletter, just check out my website, pamgregory.com, and have a wonderful full moon in Gemini. Thanks so much for listening. And if you celebrate Christmas, have a fantastic Christmas. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your amazing, loving support every single day. It brings me to tears. It truly does. It, it matters more than I can possibly say. I'm feeling quite emotional now, but it, like, you know, it really does keep me going doing this for you. So um, God bless. Bye for now and speak again very soon.
Jeffrey Clarkson for your Elan's theme this one. Now, my friend Dr. Bruce Lipton um, put a little message out, which is of sort of real interest to us at the moment. Hi, dear friends, cultural creatives, and seekers everywhere. I'm Bruce Lipton, author of the best-selling books, The Biology of Belief, The Honeymoon Effect, and Spontaneous Evolution. Well, if you've been following the news, surfing the web, or even looking outside your own window, you can see the world is in a state of chaos. We have issues in politics, society, economics, race, religion, even gender types. There's chaos everywhere. And I say, what's going on? And the answer is there's a bigger problem. And all of those small problems are part of something bigger, and that is this. Human behavior has been destroying nature and undermining the web of life. And as a result, science has recognized over 15 years ago that human behavior is precipitating what is called the sixth mass extinction of life on this planet. Five times in the history of this planet, life was thriving and some event wiped out up to 90% of all life. The last mass extinction was when dinosaurs were here and a comet hit the earth and destroyed the web of life and all the dinosaurs disappeared. And matter of fact, 75% of life has disappeared. We are now in the sixth mass extinction, but the most important fact is it's due to human behavior. And I say, so why is that relevant? And it says, this is not an extinction of humans in thousands of years. That civilization is facing an extinction within the next few decades. And the relevance is, since humans have created the extinction, it's humans that have an opportunity to change that direction. And what we have to recognize is this. Our behavior, our consciousness as humans, has not been in harmony with the planet. And it is time for us to recognize that we must come together. View, imagine Earth, inspiring and building new humanity and new Earth quests, because our future is riding on it. Thank you very much for listening.
So, the question we must ask ourselves, is this a time of the Rainbow Warriors, when collectively as people we will come together to change everything, to look after the planet and look after one another. I am Barry, being the voice within. Kakite, Shalom, Namaste, Masalam. May your God go with you.
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.